So my, my talk today was going to be around revival uh, and what we're, we're praying for for the community of Munkerton and Pinhole and, and what's going on in that community. But I didn't want to just plow into that because, you know, all of us are involved in a, a revival of some kind wherever we are, whether we're in one part of the city or from another city or wherever. God has got us in a revival program. But I think over the weeks, as we've been praying together and meeting, and, and some of us meet down at Julia's or Denise Rose or our house every Thursday, we're praying for God to bring revival. And you think, what is that? What does that actually mean? Because, you know, we've all heard of great revivals. We've heard of some maybe smaller revivals, but could God possibly bring revival to Munkerton and Pinhoe? <laughs> Richmond says no. <laughs> no not possible. <laughs> but you know, before you can even begin to contemplate, really, what is it that God would want to do, you've got to start to think about who are we in. And that few chapters, those few chapters about being grafted into that vine for those who trust and believe in him and have faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I can do lots of things in my own strength. Many of us can. We'll all be gifted in some way or another, won't we? And we can do it in our own strength, and we can leave God out of it if we're not careful. You get busy at work, leisure, whatever it might be. But when you think about those verses, this is a commandment for Jesus to his disciples before he is departing to be crucified. This was an important message. I'm telling you this because love commands here. And you as disciples, we as disciples, those who love Jesus, stay grafted into the vine. My father, he says, is the gardener. I am the true vine. In Israel at that time, these Jews would have known that there was an historical symbolism in the Old Testament about Israel and the vine and the branches and the fruit that comes from them. But Jesus is now saying to them, I am the true vine. Believe in me and what I can do with my father and the spirit I'm going to send you to cope with everything you're going to cope with, which won't always be easy. But what is the fruit that he talks about here? I think there are three different types. I think the first one's about character. If we were to think of Galatians, you could all rattle off, I am sure, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control, whatever. I think that is some of the fruit that Jesus is talking about to his disciples here. Keep in fellowship together, love one another, and all these things, if you're grafted into me and you keep loving me, will flow out of you for the world to see. And you know, you can think of revival as big meetings and charisma and, and miracles, and yes, you know, I hope we see that. But revival, I think, starts in here and in here. It's reviving us to really be in a place where we're loving Jesus so much that somehow when we worship and praise him and we lift him up and we revisit him, if we felt like we've been non-grafted or we've slipped away or 
He wants to bring us back to be that branch that bears that fruit. So there's the character part of it. And then there's the conduct part of it too, about how we go into the world and how we are portrayed by the people around us. And our conduct, which is worthy of Christ, because great works will come from us when we are grafted in and we love Jesus and we love the Father. And then I think there's part of this which is about converts too. That when we are part of joining with communities and people and we're touching people's lives, then the Holy Spirit will come and move on those people, but we can play a part in that. So there's that character, there's that conduct, and then there's this sense of people seeing it and they see Jesus and then they want to know more about him. So I think for me, I'm sure for anybody here who's praying to see God really move in communities, whether it's here in the beacon or in other places, let's keep grafted into him. The other thing is we've been looking at Pinho over the years, and we're talking here many, many years. I have spent two-thirds of my Christian life thinking, what did God mean by the prophetic word in 2020 that Dennis brought? It was, no, 2000. You worked it out then, good. Um, 2000, 23 years ago, which said about Pinho being the gateway. It's a long time, isn't it? So fruit of the spirit, patience, it's not always something that I uh, <laughs> really sort of get on with, you know, but... Um, and it's a long time, this persistence in prayer, this persistence in, in thinking, God, what are you wanting for this community? And I think of some of the things that God has given us pictures about. Now, I've shared some of these before, but I think we have to revisit them because it's, it's a growing picture, if you like. It's a growing story of what God is going to do. And one of them was around this river that was flowing from up on the top of Pinwood, and goes right down through Cheney, Cheney Gate, goes through the Red Row Houses, it comes out down by Little, it goes across the fields, just past where Julia lives and where we live, and it goes out to join the Clist. I'm going to get Rich just to share a little bit about moving into the office uh, where he is now with the church uh, admin team, and about whether there's a significance. Yeah, that was a really helpful picture for us in giving context for the, what seems to be the story for the church. That, that picture was a sense of a new move of God's spirit, wasn't it, Paul? That, that sense of the river flowing from Pinho, well, from Beacon Heath up in the hills there, the Pinbrook flowing down into, uh, into Pinho and along into Moncton, as Paul's described, was a sense of God bringing a new move of his spirit across this area. And so it seemed really apt that when we were faced with the question of what was to happen as we were based here in Holy Trinity House, that as we were thinking about, well, where might be next for the staff team, that lo and behold, our new base would be just, what, a few, maybe a hundred meters from the Pinbrook, just into the way, into, into Pinho there on Harrington Lane. And I guess for me, there's just a sense of encouragement, that there's a sense of connection right across now between Beacon Heath, Pinho and Munkerton. 
think of I'm thinking of like uh, what Christina's recently done with Begin Well, uh, the new course for uh, parents or parents to be. That is a combination of staff and leaders and volunteers from Beacon Heath Church, Isker Church, and Hope Church, Pin Hope, in uh, in Pin Ho, and that's just a great witness to that stream every time i walk down the hill cross the stream sometimes it's flooding sometimes it's just flowing underneath every time it's a reminder we're part of something here god's doing something there is something greater than us that we're joining in with as churches not just isca church but churches in line with god's will and that's really really encouraging thanks rich it's only now, isn't it, that you can begin to look back and make some sense of some of these things. You know, when God gives you a picture or a word sometimes, it could be years before you actually begin to realize what it means. Another picture was Pinho Station. Now, I don't know if you know Pinho Station very well. Those who've lived in the village for a long time, and a lot of us have, will remember that there used to be a coal merchant, Alum's Coal Merchant, which was down where they have now built a car park. And that coal merchant, my granddad worked for them. You know, our house where my mum still lives has got a coal house. You know, where they brought the coal in on their back. And they could never stand up straight, could they, the coal men? You know, carrying such much weight to get this fuel into your houses. And that was going to keep you warm. Well, then things changed. Gas came along and all sorts of things. Coal wasn't so popular anymore. That coal yard became defunct. It got used for a couple of things, but it never really came to anything. And some years ago, there was this picture of a train that was taking coal out of the station. It was going away. It was going up north. And then there was another train coming in, which was full of coal, and it came into the station. And I was asking the Lord, what does this mean? And I felt the Lord say, as the river flows, it's around the same sort of time, through the village, and this new flow of my spirit is going to touch these communities. So is the Spirit of God going to do something new. Pinho was one of those places where 60-odd years ago, the Spirit of God moved. The house church movement with Jack and Daisy and others. Uh, and, you know, and it, it was like the Lord was saying, that's been amazing. It's still amazing. But I'm going to bring my spirit in a new way to this community. And the sense is, is that is for the churches to come together. For so long, we've done everything in our own way, not with each other. There's enough people for the kingdom if we all work together. Uh, and it's been amazing over these months as we've seen people come together who are living in our communities. Chris and Wendy will know this one all too well. We've said it so many times as we prayed in their house, you know, probably 15, 20 years ago. Jesus in every field. Jesus in every field. What does that mean? Well, as those communities all around us, whether it's Westcliffe or Munkerton or right the way through, we prayed that Jesus would be in every field. Julia and John moved into one of those fields in a new house. Pete and Kate live in another house in another community just down the road in one of those houses. And, you know, we prayed that we would have people in our community, in our street, who would know Jesus. We didn't like it when our neighbors moved out. We've been with them for 14 years. And then all of a sudden, three or four left. And in comes the first family, Kezia and Joe with their three kids. It's a big change for us. 
but they're Christians. Not only are they Christians, they, they, they worship in Grace Church, but they want to be involved in Pinho. Joe leads the worship on a Sunday night when we do the praise and worship sometimes. Kezia runs the WhatsApp group to keep people in touch. You know, if this is, isn't an answer to prayer, <laughs> I don't know what is. Many others who are now moving in, people down in the houses on the other side of the motorway, Danny, who lives there, he's been joining us and joining, and he goes to Hope Church. Denise and John Rowe moved there. They felt God called them there into that community to be Jesus in that community. They're all part of one family. We do not call Sunday night churches together. We call it church. We are the church. Actually, it's not owned by anybody that Sunday night. It's once a month, 7.30. Do come and join us if you can. We're just praising God for an hour. We're just lifting him up and saying, Lord, do what you want to do. Because we can't box him in, can we? We can't say to him, we're going to twist your arm, Lord. You know, we don't want revival because it just gives us a nice shot in the arm and then we go back to normal. We want to see the Lord move so that people move into this community and they say, where's the church? Where, where are the people? Can we, can we touch their lives? Can we see them come to know Jesus? Our vision is those Sunday evenings, that hall will be full. Not just with Christians, not just from people across the city. We've got seven churches represented there at the moment. But people will be coming in and saying, what is this thing? Can you pray for us for that? Because, you know, the more we do it, the more we pray for it, the harder it is. We've been working with Wiz, the vicar up at Pinho, at Pinhope. Wiz is on sabbatical at the moment. She'll be off until October. Just when you're driving some of these things through, tough things happen sometimes. Rachel, who's the curate, is now on a fast-track vicar course, you know? To, to, to do stuff. She has an amazing talent. God's given her an amazing gift of praise and worship. She comes along on the Sunday nights. She's coming in September. There isn't one in August, by the way, because it's bank holiday weekend, but we want to really get back into this in September and say, Lord, we just keep coming to you. Keep praising your name. Will you move in this community? We want to see people saved for Jesus here. So much more we could say. You know, the amazing things that have been happening um, with Tia Memories. I mean, Tia Memories in Pinho is just fun. You know, Rich was there on Thursday, and you just see the 20 or 30 people that come to us from time to time. It's just, it's just growing, and we're just touching people's lives. You know, I'm so grateful to those of you here who are helping out. We don't call each other volunteers. We just all turn up. And then we get on and do what we do. But, you know, these people love it. They go away and they say, that has been such a good thing today. And a lot of them are older and lonely people. They may be isolated. Maybe they don't see people very much through the week. God's touching the lives of older people. That's our passion, to see that happen. Tea and Memories happens in seven churches across the city now. I need some people who can lead some of them. Um... But, you know, we've got care homes where people are now saying through social prescribers in uh, health centers, can we do this in the care homes? And we want to do it with Jesus involved in it too. 
You know, it's not just about bringing tea and memories to people, but can we do it and include Jesus? Can we get an Alpha course up and running this year for older people who don't know Jesus, who are the prodigals who were there when they were 15, 60, 70 years ago, but somehow they want to see Jesus back in their life again? Oh, Lord. <laughs> we're going to take the bread and the wine and... Um, as we do, if you're, you're able to go and get some, um, or if somebody can bring it to you, we just give God all the honor. We thank Jesus for his sacrifice for us, for his love for each and every one of us, and his love for the world, for those who don't know him. Yeah, Father, we thank you that you had a, a real plan that could save the world. And your son Jesus paid an awful price, you know, for that. But Lord, we, we give thanks that you are a father who can lift people from death and sin. And, and in Jesus, he took it all on himself. He carried all the sins of the world forever. Uh, and then he rose again. And he's alive. And he's sitting with you at your right hand. And we give thanks to you this morning. As we take the bread and the wine, we, we say thank you. So the bread and the wine, is it just over there, Val, or is it? Yeah. Um, what I would ask you, oh, there's some over there as well. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Just in the context of being grafted into the vine and staying in the vine and thinking about Jesus' love for us and, and how important that is, and thinking about the opportunities that we may have wherever we are to touch the lives of people around us, whether that's through the fruit of the Spirit or your conduct when you're with people and just showing the nature of God um, to those people. Could I ask you, as you take the bread and the wine, you may just stand with two or three people. You might want to take it back to your seat. But just give Jesus thanks. And as you do that, just tell the other person next to you what Jesus means to you in your life. Our testimony is powerful, isn't it? Our story of Jesus in our life is powerful. And we never underestimate how that might touch the life of somebody. I'm not going to say who this was, but we were with someone on Friday. And as we were talking, we'd never met them before. There was the opportunity to share a little bit about our testimony of our life. And Jesus was included in it. It wasn't as bad as you think it would go. You know, people are actually act quite interested. <laughs> so, as we think about love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, self-control, whatever, and as we think about where we are being grafted in or whether you're feeling heavy and your fruit is hanging just above the floor, God can lift you up and say, I'm with you. I want to lift you up. I want you to know that I am with you. I'm feeding you. I'm nurturing you. Actually, I might give you a little bit of pruning here and there. As we know, when you do that to the roses, generally next year, they come back in good numbers. Pruning's important too, but yeah, just as we take that bread and wine, just give thanks to Jesus and share a little bit of your testimony about what Jesus has done. Is that okay?